Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Korma Date Coffee, the healthy alternative to coffee. This delicious date coffee has the health benefits of giving you natural energy, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Best of all, Korma is caffeine-free. No jitters, no anxiety, and no afternoon crash. Go to KormaCafe.com, that's K-O-R-M-A-C-A-F-E.com, and enter discount code BORNUNBREAKABLE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Hey, hey, hey! We're here at the Born Unbreakable podcast, and admittedly, I'm going to put myself on blast. Okay, I'm running it back one time, and I have the most amazing guest, Trenton Hudson, because he's running it back with me. We've been here once before, and I had technical difficulties, because that happens, and we just have to be honest with ourselves and give ourselves a break, because we can't always control the universe of the internet and all the technologies, and so... What I looked at it as, and I was telling Trenton when he so kindly offered to do this interview again, is that there's something more powerful that we're going to be sharing today. So that's how I look at it. It's this second chance opportunity. We have so many great things that we're going to talk about on today's show. And this is a like pre-New Year's pump it up show because we're right before the New Year's entering into 2022. So with all of that being said, let me introduce my guest today for this is the second time to me. <laughs> he is Trenton Hudson and he's the three C's because he's a cartoonist and he's a comedian and he is a coffee connoisseur. <laughs> He's actually the founder of Korma. That's spelled with a K though. That's K-O-R-M-A coffee. And it is date-based. So for those of you who are looking for a healthy alternative, I'll let Trenton do the talking on that because he is the expert. He has come up with the ways to make that healthier. But this is a creative conversation of a space that I hadn't covered before because you are the first comedian and cartoonist and coffee maker that I've had on the show. So it's just very exciting to to get into this territory. So if anybody's listening that's an entrepreneur, a creative that wants the motivation of how to succeed in this kind of space, well, then you're in the right place. So Trenton, welcome for the second time to talking to me. Thank you so much for having me. And what an intro that was. I, I appreciate that. I, thank you. I'm gonna save that, use it, use it on the rest of my rest if of my If you podcast. need a little a little boost, you could just replay that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say, hey, I brought my own intro if you don't mind. Uh Desiree did it for me. So we're just gonna run that at the beginning of this this episode, hey. if you don't mind. We'll just scrap the whatever you normally do, <laughs> whoever you are. Desiree's yeah. got it under control. If you're in another meeting with like uh, Comedy Central. Something like that. You just don't want to throw, throw it in there, reintroduce yourself or something. I'm just saying, I got your back. <laughs> I got you. I got you. 
You're back. No, but but I, I'm, I'm happy to be back. And it's all good. You know, like she said, we, we had some technical difficulties the first go around. We actually did. We recorded the whole interview and then went back and checked it out. It's like, nah, this is it's all, like, it's all glitchy. Know, the Internet wasn't working. So, but yeah, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm happy to be back. So, it's yeah, no, but I, you know, I'm, I'm just excited, Trenton, because I, I, one of the things that I value and even more so today more than ever is, is laughter in my life. Um, and I think a lot of people have found that too. You know, when the pandemic first hit, which is crazy to think that was like almost two years ago. It feels um, like earlier this year, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in this world. People felt depressed. They felt sad. They felt disappointed. They felt defeated. Um, it's There's a whole, not a whole lot we can control. But the one thing that we had to push toward is our environment. You know, what are we doing within the areas that we can control to bring fulfillment and joy and progression into our lives? And I found that laughter was a huge aspect of that. And I know in talking to you before, I think that's been a really big thing for your audience because we'll talk about riot comedy and we'll talk about the cartoons and things that you produce, but I don't even know if you thought about the magnitude of what the work you're doing would bring to people because people need that. They need levity. They need yeah. a, a minute from the seriousness and from, you know, all of this dark stuff that we hear. The news is not a big help. You turn on the TV the and news it's is talking about- help. The news amplifies all the nonsense, yes. uh, the negative energy and like they, that, that that gets ratings and news is entertainment. Like people need to stop looking at news as news because it's not like news is entertainment first mm -hmm. news second like mm -hmm. th that's the reality we live in unfortunately but you know it's 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 all it's all about dollars not not information so yeah yeah and i was funny because i was listening to speaking of comedy i was listening to this interview that kevin hart did with uh trevor noah recently on his podcast uh called comedy gold mines mm -hmm. and trevor noah was talking about in south africa where he comes from when they do the when they report on the news it's very fact-based mm -hmm. you know this is this is this event this is when it took place this is what mm -hmm. happened this is uh, the outcomes of it and in america where we are and i know you're in la i'm in las vegas for anyone who didn't know um we there's a story there's a spin there's a whole thing <laughs> yeah. element so it's not yeah. just the fact yeah. it's our opinions about it yeah. because you know we've got different uh, perspectives and political parties and and so there's even more layers to it that you have yeah. to dig through to figure out what the facts are so so there's a lot of noise out there but yeah. coming back to you you know let's let's start with cartoons and comedy before we got to the coffee, when you yeah. were young, Trenton, like what was your route into this world? Uh, it, it was kind of a weird route, but I always, there, there was always something pulling me towards it, right? Like the passion was always there. The calling was always there. Um, I loved to draw comics as a kid. I used to always draw cartoons. I draw cartoon characters. Um, and I, like, I can remember telling people like as a kid, like I'm going to be a cartoonist when I grow up. And honestly, I kind of fell away from that. It wasn't like... I knew since I was five years old, I was going to be a cartoonist and I stuck to the path and did it. Like, that's not at all how it happened. It was like, <clears throat> you know, as a kid, I, I loved it and always, always had a knack for art. Um, and then, you know, things change, your perception, perceptions change and you, 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 you're trying to find yourself as you're growing up. So you go from being, I want to be an artist, to I want to, you know, do sports center on ESPN to I want to design cars to whatever it is, you know. Um, 
But, you know, it's kind of crazy how I got back into it. I was actually, uh, I, I went to college for journalism. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do reporting for ESPN. Um, and then turns out, like, I took my first reporting class my sophomore year of college. And I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, I don't like going and trying to track down stories. I don't like trying to find the right interview questions to get the right answers for this story and this and that. It's like, I was like, I don't like this work. I don't care what I'm, even if it is sports, what I love, you know, um, I don't want to do it. So uh, sw switch majors, um, switch to marketing, public relations, still graduated in four years. So that was part of why I switched to marketing, public relations. It was in the journalism school. So I was like, I can get in, get out of here. I'm not, I'm not sticking around in college. Like I'm ready to go already. I don't want to stick around here more than four years. Not happening. So and then, like, it's funny, halfway through my senior year, I'm like, I don't want to do this either. Like, this isn't, you know, what I want to do. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm almost done with this. I might as well just waste another $10,000 for a semester <laughs> and get a piece of paper and, and be out of here. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll fall into something. Everything will be good. Like, I'm not worried about it. This piece of paper is going to help me. And it, and it did. And, you know, I got a job working um, after college. I moved to San Diego. And I went to University of Missouri, by the way. So shout out Mizzou. But moved to San Diego afterwards. And I got a job as a financial advisor. And, you know, I've worked for a great company. I had a great team around me. I was set up to be successful. I wasn't successful <laughs> because I didn't. <laughs> I love your candidness. You're like, yo, check it out. I had I all like, the tools and it didn't work out that it way. Didn't work out. But, because, you know, what? we have to be honest with ourselves. And, and there's people listening that are like, I don't want my story to look like I'm just good at everything that I do and had success every step along the way. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know, ups and downs, failure, finding yourself, wins, losses. Um, you just keep going because it's fun. Like even the losses, I mean, they suck, but whenever you bounce back from a loss and you're like, cool, I got it, you know? Um, but yeah, so worked as a financial advisor, hated my job, didn't like it at all. I didn't like the work I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis, even though like the people that I worked with were great. Like, the people that I worked with, I did it for a year. I only did it because the people that I worked with were great and I didn't want to let them down. But it was probably ended up being worse the longer I stuck around, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, like, but before I fully quit, you know, I, I already had the decision made that, you know, I, I literally called my brother and I was like, yo, I'm going to quit doing this financial advisor stuff. I was like, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of going to other people's meetings and working for other people and doing this and that. So I'm like, I'm going to do comedy and I want to make cartoons and I want to you know, you to make cartoons with me and whoever else, you know, the rest of the brothers, everybody. But, um, and he was like, yo, that's dope. I've always wanted to make cartoons. And we've talked about it a million times. Like even growing up, we'd be like, yo, we should have our own show. We should make cartoons or whatever it is. But everyone has those conversations. They never, and they never go anywhere. Right. Cause everyone's had a conversation with their friends. Like, oh, uh, we, we should open up this business or open up this business. And you say it like when you're, you know, just messing around, but then, you know, it's like, th this is who we are. So this is what I want to do and what I know my brother wants to do because we're, we're such diehard cartoon fans. And so that day, the day I called him and we decided this is what we're going to do. This is October 2013. And so a little over eight years ago. And we decided that day that this is what we're going to do. We didn't have any background in animation, writing, TV. None. We didn't have any clue how to do nothing. But we just got some computers and got some animation software, taught ourselves how to use it, watching tutorials online, took a year and a half doing nothing but work on learning. It, it was learning animation, learning how to develop a show kind of, and, you know, 
creating these characters and putting backstories behind them and making them come to life and figuring this process out. So it was a year and a half before we ever made an episode of anything. And it was just, just grinding head, head down learning. It was, it was, you know how I was like, I don't want to go to college for another year. Cause I don't, I'm not doing five years of college. I'm over it. <laughs> this yep. was another year and a half of college. Cause it was literally every single day. And when I mean every day, I don't mean like five days a week. I mean, seven days a week of hustling and working. Um, but it was your version because like correct. you said, you went from journalism to marketing to financial planning to I'm going to do this my way and doing something yeah. I love and I'm okay with doing it seven days a week. A absolutely. Until absolutely. it gets absolutely. to the point where I'm ready to share what I'm doing with other people. Yeah. And on top of that, you recruited your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I, I had to, I had to, I had to recruit the family. Cause honestly, like my brother, Dylan, he was the one I called and Dylan is like great with computers, but he's also, he's, he's a, like people think I work hard. And I'm like, no, you should see my brother Dylan. This dude's a maniac. But, uh, <laughs> I, I knew if he was on the team that like, I couldn't fail. And that, that, that's what it came down to. I was like, if he's on the team, I can't fail. Like we can't fail. Like him and I together cannot fail Be because we think, in such complimentary ways of one another. Like I have brilliant, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to like brag, but I have like great, like end game ideas. Like it's okay. The, the, the things that it's I've put together. You can do that. <laughs> the, 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 like, everyone, everyone should take credit for the things that they do. Like, you know, like be humble, but and, like, I don't, like, I don't sit around like, I'm not the best and smartest and this and that, but I have some gems here and there <laughs> that's what it is you, you you have enough tries you have some really big wins that's what it comes down to but you have enough at bats yeah you yeah exactly you yeah give yourself a lot of at bats and people forget about yeah. the times you strike out so they just remember home runs right but um so yeah we we think in such complementary ways of each other like I, i'm such more of a, a visionary and think big picture long term like end goal and he's like okay if you can show me the end goal then I can figure out how to chop it into micro goals. And, and, and it's like, you know, you know, it's like when you're, when he's you're got climbing, that detail orientation. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he's so much more detailed. So it's like when you're climbing a ladder, you can't like just skip rungs. And like, I, I can see the top of the ladder and be like, this is the picture that's at the top of the ladder. Let's get there. And he can be like, okay, th these are the rungs here. Let's put them here, here, here. And like kind of set up this domino effect to help us get there. But, yeah, I mean, like I couldn't, I can't do the things I do without him, um, and then the rest of my brothers that have helped with, you know, the the writing, the cartoons, this and that. But yeah, we we think in such complementary ways, and you know, that's such an important piece of what we do with the cartoons, and we we work well together, and it's important to find people that you work well with, and you know, I I joke with people all the time that. You know, I, I tell people that I'm good at everything I do and I am, but it's not because I'm good at everything. Like the secret is don't do things you're not good at. Like <laughs> that's the secret. So unless like there are certain certain circumstances where if you're not good at something, you have to put in the time, energy and effort to get better at it. But you got to do one or the other. You either got to get better at it or find someone else who's already better at it than you. So me and Dylan we're good at the exact opposite things pretty much. So I just got super lucky that I was able to be, you know, born into a circumstance where I knew this man my whole life. And, you know, some people have to search forever to find the right business partner that, you know, they can, that, that they mesh well with, that they trust, that they 
think complimentary with. And the great thing about, you know, so our, our animation company, for example, it's me, him and our other brother, Devin. And, you know, I tell people this all the time that it's, you know, us three and they're like, oh, well, be careful working with family and this and that. And I'm like, you might have to be careful working with your family, but that's not the case over here. Like, cause, yeah. because we, you know, we're, we're best friends and we were best friends, like most pretty much our whole lives. Right. And, you know, whenever you're and we're really close in age, there's only my, Devin and Dylan are twins and I'm two and a half years older than them. So. Wow. Yeah. So whenever you're twin force with you. Yeah. Yeah. So when, whenever you have that kind of relationship with people, you know, it's nobody is afraid of confrontation, which is the best I imagine you're brutally point. honest with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's still a, a level of respect to be up withheld, right? I mean, we we can sit there and be like, yo, that's a stupid idea. We can't do that. And, and no and no one gets mad. No one get no one's like, I mean you know, again, like have it with, you know, level of respect, but sometimes it's like, yo, that episode needs to go on the dumb idea board. And and we say that to each other <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but you know, it, it, it's all love at the end of the day. And, you know, whenever you got, you can't be afraid, especially working in a creative environment, but I think any work environment in general, like whenever you're having, you know, people that, especially your partners with, you have to, you can't be afraid to tell them something they don't want to hear. Like it happens all the time with us. And, you know, everyone collectively has to put their ego aside and be like, you know, if, if I bring an idea to them, I have to be okay with them telling me my idea is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... you have to have, you have to have that humility Yeah, and you have to be willing to, and I think that's so important in anything, regardless of Absolutely. who you're working with, there's yeah. always going to be. Uh, a difference of opinions. Yeah. There's going to be ideas that you have that other people don't think are maybe mm -hmm. as great as you do. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I think, think it's important. I, I think it's important on the other end of it too. I think it's important to have the courage to tell someone that their idea is bad. Now you don't have to be as blunt as me and my brothers are with each other because we're like, dude, we're not doing that. That's a stupid idea. So I mean, but. We, we were friends before we worked together be. brothers obviously so you should be no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can well, find the right words certain, it takes yeah. a certain level of trust right because yeah, that's what yeah. it's all about once yeah, you have partnerships that have a deep amount of trust that is when your honesty you feel the honesty tree yeah. can widen and and i think that's important but i want to come back to what you said because you you talked about a year and a half you know mm. you spend a year and a half maybe in what you might call an incubation, you know, period of, of, of doing that work. So then what happened when you felt ready for the next thing after that time? So, so the first thing we ever did, the first thing we ever produced, we did a 30 minute pilot of our show called The Lounge. And this was the first thing we ever did. We rented out a movie theater where we lived. We lived in Columbia, Missouri at the time. And so we rented out a movie theater invited all our family, friends, filled it up and they loved it. And it was great. And it was like really bad too. Like the animation was bad. The sound was bad. Every other scene was like the sound was up and down, but it was like, okay, we're onto something here because they're laughing. So production quality, those are fine things that we can find technical things. We can figure <laughs> it out along the way. Like we're not there right. yet. Um, but your content, the quality of your content. Yeah. The, it was terrible. It was terrible. Like, oh. But, no. but the but the laughter, the laughter, yeah. the jokes, the, the, and, that, and that was it. Was like the jokes were funny, but even like the story wasn't that great. the The stakes weren't high enough. It was kind of a boring watch. It, it was just funny, and I, I I'll go back and watch it every now and again, 
just to because I like to see the progress we've made, right? And just kind of go back for you know kicks, and I'll be like, "How did anyone sit through and watch this?" But I'm, but then I'm sitting there <laughs> laughing. I'm laughing the whole time I'm watching it. I was like, "This is hilarious writing. These are funny jokes. It's just bad story." <laughs> but you got to have both yeah. if you want to be successful. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we put that out, and then a month later we started um, releasing episodes on YouTube. So we're releasing. We released two episodes a week every week for six months. Okay. And that is, we were keeping up with current events. It wasn't like we had episodes we were sitting on that we made over that year and a half. It was like, nah, we started in July, made an episode, put it out, got to work on the next episode, Mm -hmm. put out episode every Monday and Thursday. So every Monday, the episode comes out, we do our promotion for it, this and that, immediately get to work on Thursday's episode and work nonstop until Thursday until it comes out and do the same thing for Monday. And um, we did that for six months and it was six months of, you know, we, we did, we did 50 episodes, 50 short form episodes on YouTube. And we produced a whole nother pilot to send to networks. And we did all that in six months. And it was like, we didn't sleep. It was, I, I don't even recommend working like that. I mean, but the thing is though, we were working like, and, and this is how, you know, I started my coffee company too. I always just assumed that like somebody else is trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do. So I got to hurry up and beat them. And, you know, there, there, I remember one time we were, me and my brother Dylan were having a conversation. You know, this is whenever, whenever we're in the middle of that six month period and, you know, we're sitting here grinding there. There were nights when, you know, it's, 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 it's Thursday morning. It's like two, 3 a.m. And the episode's not done. We got a deadline. We got to hit to have this out on YouTube in a, like a handful of hours. And, you know, there's times when I'm like, yo, I can't stay up anymore. I got to I gotta get a nap in. If you can stay up and work on this as long as you can, wake me up when you got to go to bed. And I'll wake up and finish it and put it out in the morning. I'll do all that. And there, and there were lots of nights where we did that. And, you know, I remember one time Dylan said to me, he said, he said, do you think there's anyone else in the whole world that's working as hard as us right now trying to do what we're trying to do? And... You know, I I never gave a deep thought and like actually thought about is someone working as hard as us because I was just assumed someone was. I was like, you got I I gotta handle that. I gotta you know someone's coming for what I'm coming for and I can't let them beat me. And I was like, you know, after really thinking about it, I was like, you know, I I don't know, probably not, but maybe I don't know. I just gotta. <laughs> and he's like, there's no way anyone is. <laughs> he's like, he wasn't having it. He was like, he's like, no one's working as hard as we are. He was like, we are like zombies with zero sleep. (laughs) He's like, he's straight up like, you know, no, no one, no one is trying to come into the adult cartoon animated space and working as hard as we are right now. They're not. He's like, I know they're not. It's not even possible. Like, yeah, you're probably right. Cause you know, and when we were working other jobs too, I was bartending at this casino like three nights a week. And um, yeah, if, if I wasn't there, I was literally working on cartoons and you know, now I still, hustle obviously but sleep is a priority for me and yeah. now it's the like the game has changed a little bit the, 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 the game, game has changed. changed a little bit now, from, now from honestly game. 10 o'clock every night no more electronics for me that's good because yeah. you know part of part of this grind is doing I, I love the way that oprah says it she goes you know you do what you need to do until you can do what you want to do and sometimes yeah. what you need to do is 
that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to put in the work because you're creating a foundation so you can get a system mm -hmm. that allows you to go to bed at 10 p.m. Yeah. and and still function and do all the things yeah. that you need to do on a different and, and, and on a different cadence. Everything you just said, and and I'll say you know to the people listening, I, I know like everyone is kind of coming down and be like, we can't glorify hustle culture and this and that. And I'm not glorifying hustle culture. I'm just saying what it is because, like I said, I, I you got to work like someone else is trying to do what you're trying to do too, and. Mm -hmm. The lesson from this is like six months after we launched our first episode on YouTube, we had a meeting with Comedy Central. We were in their office in Los Angeles. That's insane. <laughs> you Let know, me just, you know, you know for, for, for just take a pause for a second, because that that's reaping what you sow right yeah. there. Yeah. If you're going to go and you're going to work that hard for a year and a half and then put something out and be consistent because that's mm -hmm. what you were doing. You were consistent yeah. even if it meant no sleep that got you this meeting with Comedy Central in six months. Who yeah. does that? Yeah. So, so six months of putting content out, but I, I want to remind people a year and a half before that. So it was two years of, of nonstop work to get this meeting, but six months of other people seeing that we were doing this work. So to the rest of the world, it looked like six months, but for us, it was two years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and you know, I'll say uh, another important thing, you know, something I tell everyone, and we touched on this our first <laughs> original podcast, but um, reminder, when our, we, we put out our first episode, terrible. It was just pretty funny jokes, bad writing, awful sloppy animation. And like our first episode on YouTube was is the very worst thing we've ever made. It was worse than the pilot episode that we made a month before that. Um, but I, I see so many people that try to make everything perfect, right? They, they want to dwell on the little things that they can tinker with later down the road. And they want to make sure everything's perfect. And that's really like, it's just fear holding us back. So we put out a terrible episode. The next episode was terrible. Our first handful of episodes were are unwatchable, god awful. But if we had waited until that's just me being honest, like they're bad, but they got better and better every episode, right? So if we had waited until we thought we were quote unquote ready by our standards or whatever, like you know, maybe instead of launching the show in July, maybe we don't launch it, launch it until October. Right. And, and yeah, it starts out better, obviously. But do we have the time to get attention from people? Do we have, you know, we, we got a lot of feedback in those first episodes, people saying this is funny, this isn't funny, whatever it is. And, you know, that kind of helped us learn about, you know, what's good jokes, bad jokes, good writing, bad writing. How are the, how are the people responding? Right. Your audience is always going to give you the answers you're looking for. So mm -hmm. if, if we don't put the episodes out in July and we wait till October, we don't have that meeting in January with Comedy Central. It just doesn't happen. It's just, mm -hmm. it wasn't going to happen. Maybe yeah. it would have been only a month later, but that, that's a month. And time yeah. and everything compounds, like interest on your loans, right? <laughs> or whatever it is, like everything compounds. Your experience compounds. Um, that, you know, everything can be a catalyst to something bigger real quick. So if... You know, I don't know. Time timing is important, so I'm I'm just trying to speed it up because we don't get to stay here very long. Like, if I'm I'm planning on living past a hundred, <laughs> I'm 31 now. <laughs> so, you know, if may I might only have 75 years left. That's not very much time. And even thinking about it from like a average perspective, 
if I only live to 85, that's only 55, 54 more years. That's no time. 54 years goes by like that. Think, of, yeah. think about it like this. So like, you know, I'm, I'm 31. My life is roughly one third over. Every moment that I've lived ever, every amount of time that I have encompassed within me, I only get to do that two more times. That's it. Whoa, that's a crazy way to think about it. And so it's basically to say, just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I think that goes for what, whatever it is you want to chase, pursue, do any experience you want to have. You want to travel this and that, like figure out a way to make it happen. Um, don't go into debt for stuff like that, but <laughs> in anything else, yeah. like figure, figure out a way to make it happen. Figure out a way. Like if, if do your due diligence, whatever, but whatever don't, it takes, you know, yeah. Ethic, yeah, ethically and without burying yourself, do whatever yes. it takes. That's awesome. So then, you, what did this meeting with Comedy Central do for you? So we actually, so we we flew out here, met them, had a meeting, and this was after you know having a couple um, Zoom meetings. We we used Zoom before the pandemic, everybody. Um, or no, <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, wait, what was it? Was it? No, it wasn't Zoom. It was uh, Skype. We we used Skype before the pandemic. Right. Uh, so right. we had a couple of Skype meetings. Um, but then yeah, flew out here and meet them. Met them January 2016. A couple of weeks later, they called us and said, "Hey, we want to work with you guys. We want to bring this show to our digital platforms." So we did for the next two years. We did episodes with them on like their 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 website, their Snapchat, all those channels that run across um, their media where they were running episodes, and it was really successful. Like. On, on their Snapchat channel, the only shows that were ever doing better than The Lounge were their staples. Like when they would put short clips of South Park, Tosh.0, Broad City, that's it. Nothing else ever beat us in, 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 their, in their most viewed and replayed episodes. Um, so, so that like six month hustle of really not sleeping, th- all those episodes, that led to that. The Comedy Central deal gave us such a like foot in the door, right? Because when you tell people you work with Comedy Central, you, it, it amplifies your credibility. It gives you a stamp of approval from a major player. So that mm-hmm. opened up the door for so many things for us. And we've made, you know, so many uh, connections, worked with other networks, um, worked with some amazing people because of that. That that Comedy Central deal was like a huge catalyst for us to, you know, we, we've done, we did a project with Showtime. We've worked with Kevin Hart's LOL Network. Um, we're trying to pitch a show with some former NBA players right now. And like the show's developed and like they're on board and like we, we have a pitch deck and everything. Like, so we're kind of kind of trying to shop stuff around. But that, that Comedy Central deal, it really, it, it changed our lives um, because yeah. like, it, like I said, it gave us credibility. And when, when you mention Comedy Central's name, like, yeah, we did work with Comedy Central. Then, then people will listen to you because before that, no one was really listening to us. Mm-hmm. They, they were they were finding out we existed, but then after that, you know, it just like I said, the domino effect. It just led to this thing, and then that led to this, this, and this. And but yeah, that kicked it off for us. And and also, I think even better than that, the best thing about it was the learning process that we got to experience because we went from YouTube episodes where the writing was bad, but it was funny, but 
and, and the episodes moved slow. We didn't have our timing down. It was all the technical things. There was no background music. So the, there's a lot of mm-hmm. dead air and this and that. So, you know, we worked with Comedy Central and they were like, yo, you got to step up all this stuff right here, right? Um, so, you know, every time, you know, the, the first handful of episodes, we used to get so many notes back, um, like a frustrating amount of notes. Um, obviously, we needed them, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, because this is all in the spirit of growth, right? Yeah, yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is just absolutely. like continuing to make you better, continuing yeah. to make you better and better and better. So, mm-hmm. um, well, and I know because there's people listening right now and they're like, okay, we're hearing this storyline. I'm sure the question that's in their head is like, okay, wait a minute. How, how do we watch this stuff? How do we watch <laughs> your content? Where do we go for this? I, wa- yeah. I want to laugh. Well, I want to see what's If you want to check out the stuff we did with, with Comedy Central, you can go to their website. Just go to cc.com. And in their search bar, search The Lounge. It'll be the first thing that pops up for you. Um, awesome. our, our brand is now it's called Riot Comedy. Um, so Riot Comedy on YouTube, Instagram, all those, um, TikTok. Um, and right now we're doing a show called Real Ballers where we actually make fun of NBA players and all the nonsense that goes on in the melodrama that is the nba news cycle i just love it so much yeah oh my god because it's just so relatable like who doesn't mm -hmm. know i mean even if you're not i happen to be a basketball fan and everything golden state warriors i'm from california don't be hating um but you know there's some there's something that we that we get to see even if you're a distant you know Mm -hmm. person you know who lebron james is you know Mm -hmm. you know who these people are you see what they do you see the success they build you see the communities that they build Mm -hmm. and it's funny so the fact that you've taken something (laughs) and and done that i think is brilliant yeah it's good stuff and you know it kind of blew up pretty quick and got us a lot of attention and you know that show actually led to us developing this show with these former NBA players. And I'm, I'm not going to say names because this show, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen, whether anyone will pick it up or not, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I, I don't mean whatever in a sense, like I don't care if they do or don't because I want them to, but you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 super funny. And we just make fun of them. And like we came back, so we, we took a little bit of a hiatus during the pandemic, but then we came back a couple weeks ago um, because we had other projects we were working on this and that. And um, but yeah, we we came back a little harder, and we got another show we're putting on Riot Comedy soon called Grown Folk, and it's basically about these four old dudes who live in a luxury retirement community. So it's not like nursing home, like luxury retirement community. They're all super rich, and they're just trying to have as much fun as they can before they die. But their their backstories are all like ridiculous, and they're <laughs> like one of one of them got rich from basically being like a petty con man. One of them. You know, he's he's like a traditional businessman, but he he faked his death to get away from his wife <laughs> and <laughs> left her. And um, so now he lives in this he's retirement community. With his out in this retirement community. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's just like we, we love creating funny, funny backstories. And, you know, like our show, The Lounge. And if anyone's like watching the, the video of it, this is a poster behind me. This is who these guys are, The Lounge. So like... The uh, this guy, the blonde guy, his name is Mo. He's the secretary of the school, and yeah, these guys all work at a school on the lounge. That's why it's called the lounge. They hang out in the teachers' lounge and just mess around because none of them are actual teachers in the show. So it's like secretary, counselor, bus driver, PE coach. I love it. So the secretary, he's like the super wild card of the group. He's the one that's always down to do anything. Like literally, no matter what it is. Like if you need him to 
come over and help you with something around the house, he's there. But if you also need him to like help you get rid of a dead body, he's there. Like he's got you. And and he'll like know how to do it. He's like There's a wide variety of things. Yeah, he's really. like tapped into the underworld. He's like a grimy <laughs> dude, but his backstory is like he he's he's like Batman. He saw his parents get killed when he was a kid and he and he grew oh. up in an orphanage and and then we have another character like the PE coach is like this, you know, slobby kind of lazy dude and he grew up he didn't he didn't know who his mom was because his dad told him that his his dad was such a pimp he slept with too many women he didn't know how who his who his mom was <laughs> which is like the opposite yeah often. yeah yeah exactly so it makes no sense but coach just kind of rolled with it so but yeah we we, yeah. we love you know diving deep into these backstories of these characters to really and what know, inspires that like are. Are, is is it everybody collectively like what inspires the stories of the characters that you make we we think it's there's a lot of comedy to be found in tragedy so like all in the lounge all the guys have bad backstories but in in grown folk all the guys have good backstories so like they're all super successful they're all doing their thing and the stuff they get into is just like kooky funny right but the guys with the lounge it's like so one dude you know he grew up in an orphanage saw his parents get killed the other dude doesn't know his mom because his dad was like a neglectful alcoholic and told him he was such a pimp to right he was too much of a pimp. He didn't know who his mom is. And then one of the dudes, like another dude grew up without his mom because I don't remember what it was, honestly, because we changed the story so many times. The original story was his mom has been in prison because his, uh, she got locked up for not paying child support. But then we were like, you know, we don't want to make his dad that kind of character that would have his mom locked up. So we changed it. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Like, but that is and, too funny. And then the the only one who had like a normal childhood growing up, grew up in like a loving family, super great. It was um the school counselor, and but his like downfall. So like he he's he's above hanging out with these guys because he's like fairly successful. He's got like a hot wife who's a, a particle physicist and like renowned in that scientific community, and a super smart daughter. But he used to be. You know, now he's this middle school counselor, but he used to be a psychiatrist with his own practice. But he he lost everything for prescribing himself Percocet. He's a pillhead. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so just, just ridiculous backstories, but you know, it's uh, it's it, it's inspired by reality, not just our reality, but like the whole world. Because like we grew up, you know, me and my brothers, we we grew up kind of rough. We grew up really poor. We think everything is hilarious. Um, even even when tragedy strikes, we're making jokes. I yeah, uh, like laughter. Yeah, yeah. Someone someone's in the hospital with a serious issue. We got jokes for it yeah. because it's happened to us. Like we're not talking about making fun of other people, and we do that too. Don't get me wrong, because yeah. we think everything is funny. You're but, bringing your real experiences yeah. into it. Yeah. And now, what yeah. what is the impact that you've seen? You know, so what is the impact it from that you've seen from the audience and the people mm -hmm. that have, you know, really followed your work? What kind of feedback have you gotten? You know, this is like the coolest thing about it, because w when you have fans who really resonate with what you're doing and your kind of comedy, because our comedy is like, it's it's not for everybody, but it's super funny. And, you know, there's, it, it's a unique brand of comedy that not everyone can pull off and not too many people even try, um, because we, we like to push, push the limits, but there's... There, there's two ways to do it, and and we do it authentically because it, it's who we are. But everything our characters do is is in alignment with who the characters are at their core. So if they do something extreme or say something extreme, 
we don't do it for the sake of being extreme. We do it because that's who the character is. Whereas so much in comedy, you see people go for shock value laughs and it always comes across as cheap. Like the audience nine times out of 10 does not fall for that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a different kind of brand of comedy, but it's, I think it's a necessary brand of comedy and the people that reach out to us, you know, we, we've had people reach out from literally all over the world. And this is the impact that's so great. It's like, we've had people reach out, DM us on, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and be like, yo, I, I live for your guys show. Your all show brings me so much joy. Like, please don't quit making cartoons. Um, you know, I, I look forward to watching your show every Monday and Thursday. And then, you know, we took a hiatus during the pandemic because we were working on other projects, you know, putting the show together with the basketball players, this and that. Um, and, and we had people be like, yo, where are you guys at? And we also had people that were like, yo, I just want to check in with you guys and make sure everything's OK. You guys good. Um, you guys. And, and, and those are the cool messages. And, and don't get me wrong. We, we love the messages also of people being like, yo, where's your content at? Um, but it's, it's great to have both, you know, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, when you kind of build that kind of community, you really have people that are not only invested in your content, but invested in you and they want to see you do well. And I think that's, yeah. you know, one of the coolest things. But yeah, my, my favorite is the, the coolest thing about it is when you have someone reach out and be like, I, I like we've had someone say that I live for your cartoons, your cartoons bring me joy. And that was like something it's that you. Yeah, and, and something that you never expect to happen. You know, mm -hmm. we, we didn't go into this thinking, you know, what kind of impact can we have? How can we brighten people's days and make their lives better? It was, let's have fun making cartoons, being creative and telling jokes and get paid for it. And then you yeah. add this other element, this other layer, and it's like, now we have a whole other reason to do this because the, there's people that actually care and it's not like, I mean, obviously for most people, the things that they watch is just something that they do when they're doing it, right? But, you know, mm -hmm. then you have really like super fans, right? That kind of help you build this community and, and they they care. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a cool thing to get to experience. And But yeah, like I said, never never crossed my mind until it started happening. And then I was like, yo, this is the coolest thing right now. Um, like yeah. the, the impact that you really see. And obviously, you know, we think we're making a great impact, even even whenever we are telling jokes that may be offensive to some people, like other people laugh. And so if we can help those people laugh. Um, and I also think, you know, we, we live in a time right now where everyone's hypersensitive and everyone gets offended, regardless of what side of the you know spectrum they're on yeah. um, politically or whatever. Um, and, and I think that comedians have a responsibility to society to talk about things that are taboo that mm -hmm. we sh you know people tell us we're not supposed to talk about it but if you can't talk about things if you can't be honest about things if you don't have the courage to bring things to light they stay in the dark and where they stay in the dark is where they grow it's like mold right? oh that's so true <laughs> so, right you know, you're you're right i mean you're you you have there is bravery mm -hmm. in comedy because you know that you're going to approach some kind of topic, some something sensitive, and it's not going to resonate with people who are like, I can't believe you just said that. But right. you're 100% you're right. If you don't bring things to light, then we're not going to we're not going to make progress. We're not yeah. going to make progress yeah. on these things. And, and I think and, that's kind of similar to musicians. Musicians have the same responsibility to to talk about things that are important 
and bring bring to light issues that people don't want to talk about. Like if there's an issue, like I mean, ob obviously, you know, we we see the issues America has when it comes to a, a pick your topic, right? <laughs> but so many of those, some people don't want to acknowledge. Um, That's right. But if we can make jokes about them, even if the jokes, some people aren't going to find them funny. But I think it's still a good, can be a good catalyst to opening up the door for conversation, just like music is, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about like music, you look at different musicians that really push the envelope and people tried to censor them and tell them they couldn't do this. Even, even looking at Elvis and the Beatles, right? Music right. that now today is sounds ultra conservative, but back then it was like a big deal for yo, like they try to cancel love. It's like shaking his hips, like this man's out like, here making wait a minute. Music. Don't you, know? you do those hip moves? Yeah, like that. yeah. You need to calm and, down with that. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know what, what's his face? One uh, Paul McCartney or no? Maybe John Lennon said said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus people went ballistic. And now yeah. if you said the Beatles are bigger than Jesus, I mean, you're going to have like a few thousand people on Twitter pretending to be mad after someone tells them to be mad, but that's it. Like it's not. So yeah, you know, <laughs> it just kind of shows how we, we typically move towards more open speech, but now we're kind of digressing on that and regressing and going backwards. And we got to yeah. figure out as comedians, how do we fight this? I didn't grow up watching like and, and listening to Eminem's music, for example, I didn't grow up listening to his music and watch him go through what he go th went through to get to say whatever he wanted to say. I remember people burning his memorabilia, steamrolling it in the streets, trying as hard as they could to get this man canceled off the radio, get his albums pulled out of stores. I didn't watch him go through all that for me and all the comedians that I know to succumb to the the same kind of you know, tr faux censorship of people thinking they're like warriors to try to, you know, help people. But they're, you know, any, any, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird position we're in, but you know, the, the conversations that I've had and the things that I've seen among comedians, especially mm -hmm. we're moving away from it. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're, about, we're about to dig ourselves out right now and it's, it's going to be amazing. And comedy is about to be in a really good place. Yeah. Well, and I, I think all of that is incredible. And on top of that, as I'm seeing you take a, a drink of out of your Korma <laughs> cup, I have to, to pivot to on top of this comedy and cartoons and all this energy that you put in there, Korma was born. How did yeah. that happen? So Korma was born because I love coffee. I love the smell of it, the taste of it, the morning routine, everything. Um, but I don't drink it because when I was 20 years old, I had a heart attack. I had another heart attack when I was 21 years old from kind of a rare, weird, funk heart condition. Just one of those fluke things. And basically, I, I have two aneurysms in my LAD. So the LAD gives blood to the bottom left side of your heart. So that quarter of your heart gets blood from the LAD. So I am very lucky because before I had my first heart attack, my heart, you know, my body detected something going on and it developed these feeder arteries around where those aneurysms were to get an adequate amount of blood to my heart. So after I had my second heart attack, 15 months after my first one, my the bottom half of my LAD, there's no blood flowing through there whatsoever, zero. 
So typically that's the end of it because like the, the LED is actually called the Widowmaker. If you have a heart attack in your LED, normally that's a wrap for you. Yeah. That is terrible. Yeah. So, and that it got even called that. That's just a, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm actually super lucky, super blessed. Someone's watching out for me for whatever reason. I don't know. I must be doing something. Okay. Because, um, whenever you have a heart attack, whatever damage is sustained to your heart, that's permanent. Your heart doesn't recover from that. So any, any muscle that is no longer working, any area that's, it doesn't recover, never heals. That's that. My heart suffered from two heart attacks, almost zero damage. My cardiologist is even like, this is crazy. He's like, I don't even worry about you. He's like, you're like an alien case study. Basically, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm super lucky. But caffeine gives me chest pain because caffeine kind of constricts your arteries a little bit. So it diminishes your blood flow. Um, so, but yeah, aside from that, like I work out, run, none of that stuff ever bothers me. But caffeine, so I, pretty well quit drinking coffee for the most part. I'll, I'll drink it every now and again, but I never have two cups a day. I never have coffee two days in a row. I mean, really, it's like the only time I ever drink it is if I'm on a long road trip pretty much and that's it. So I was like looking for a replacement, but <clears throat> you know, nothing would suffice for me. And I'm, I'm drinking tea right now. I like tea, but I, coffee's next level to me. Um, so I happened to just stumble across date coffee on accident, actually, because I just happened to be one of those kind of reduce, reuse, recycle kind of people, if I can be in certain situations. So I, I just, you know, I, I eat dates all the time and dates are super healthy. They're considered a superfood. And I noticed myself throwing away all these seeds. So I just Googled one day, like, what can you use leftover date seeds for? You can turn them into coffee. So I started doing it, liked it, got tired of making it, wanted to buy it in the store, couldn't find it. So that's how Cormo was born. It was like, okay, here's an opportunity for me to fill this void because I know if I wanted this, other people are looking for this too because it's super healthy for you. It actually gives you natural energy. It's full of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, iron. Um, it's literally like the, everything you actually need to get up and <laughs> have a good morning. And it's not going to give you the jitters and crash and stuff like that. And honestly, caffeine never really did anything for me. I'd always drank coffee for the taste. But now that I can have something that's actually good and healthy, and it's also non-acidic, so you're not going to get any acid reflex and stuff like this. Um, it's not going to mess up your sleep. So like coffee will disturb my sleep a little bit. And for me, I don't know if it's more the caffeine or the acid, because I can kind of feel it like in, in my center chest, you know? So I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. So I experimented with some recipes and figured out a way to get it to taste really close to coffee. And I've had a bunch of different alternatives and none of them taste like coffee. Some of them are really good. None of them taste like coffee that I've had except this. So it was like a win-win-win for me. Um, I was like, yeah, I can still have my coffee. It's actually better for me. I, it's not going to mess up my sleep and it's going to give me real energy. Like, yes, sign me up. So I, I knew other people were looking for it. I was like, if, if it's something that I love this much, there's got to be other people that, you know, can't have coffee, whether it's you have a heart condition or you're pregnant and you're whatever, or you suffer from insomnia or my dad's type two diabetic. He's shouldn't be having coffee. So, um, and also even my mom, my mom was like addicted to coffee, hardcore, hardcore for the longest time. My mom, my whole life, every day before I get up and go to school, my mom would be in the kitchen drinking a whole pot of coffee to, to get up and get That's a bed. That's crazy. That's a lot of coffee. Get out of bed, drink coffee like water until she goes to work. 
Yeah. That is so much caffeine. So you basically, you found this need. It wasn't just for you. It was Mm. for others. And you, you've got your family changing their routine and Mm. then you've brought it to the world so that they can have an alternative that actually tastes good and is good for them. Yeah. Now my mom does one cup of coffee and then she drinks Korma the rest of the day. (laughs) But she says she still needs that caffeine kick. So I get it. It's not for me. I'm not like trying to convince anyone to switch coffee if you like the caffeine and stuff. I mean, it's not like great for you, but to each to each their own. But I'm here if you are looking for something, you know, we 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 got something that actually tastes like coffee and is actually super good for you. And especially this time of year, I don't know about you all, but I like to have especially around the holidays and it's cold outside. I really like drinking like Irish coffees and Mexican coffees. And for those of you who don't know, like Irish coffee is coffee with Bailey's and Irish whiskey. And Mexican coffee is Kahlua and tequila. And mixing caffeine and alcohol is not really a good idea because both of them accelerate your heart rate and dehydrate you. So when you combine them, but you whip up like a espresso martini with some korma, that's 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 been my jam lately. Now you're in business. <laughs> yeah. Now people are listening. They're like, yeah, hold on, I'll right? go back one time. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what to do for great, my holiday great. life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 good. But yeah, I'm I'm just not a caffeine person. It it doesn't do it for me. It gives me a little chest pain. So, you know, that 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 is reason enough for me to stay away from it. I'm like, yo, I, I just said I'm trying to live past a hundred and caffeine ain't gonna help someone like me do that. Right. But that, you know, I, I, I think it's it's brilliant. I think it's incredible what you're doing because it's it's bringing something that's an alternative that's good to the market. And I would love people to be introduced to it. I'm excited about it. I ordered the toasted coconut and I'm going to try the different ones that you have. Um, it's super easy because it's just Korma, K-O-R-M-A dot com no um, korma cafe.com korma cafe so it's k-o-r-m-a-c-a-f-e.com korma cafe.com um so that's where you where you want to go to get the coffee and i'm super excited for the collaboration because if you use the code born unbreakable which is the title of this podcast so you know how to spell it because you found this, so you can sell it. I know you can. If you use that, you'll get 10% off your order. So I'm just really excited for it. Cormacafe.com. Um, and, and you know, just th- thank you for, for doing that and bringing this to the world. I think it's it's incredible what you're doing. It's, it's, it's my um, pleasure. Like, I, I, I love that I can help people. And like I said, like, I, I mean, it, it is for the world, but I, I started it because I was tired of making it myself and I wanted to go buy it in the store. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then no, now like, you're just you're yeah. helping people. You're giving. You're yeah, giving nah, them. And, and that, that's they don't have to do the work because yeah. you've done the work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? Actually, like, kind of touching on the similar thing with the cartoons is like how this has impacted people. Like, yo, the, the messages from the cartoons are amazing. The people that buy my coffee, the most amazing people. Like, even when they're pissed off about something, they come at me and like email, reach out on the website, and it's like. I can tell that they're pissed, but they're being like pretty cordial to me right now. And like, cause we, cause we have good stuff and, and we always do that too. Like the only time I've ever dealt with any of my customers being like really upset and being like super grouchy to where I'm like, yo, what's your problem? I didn't say that, but I'll, I want to be like, yo, what's your problem? Um, yeah. 
last year during the holidays, everyone remembers when the post office was backed up. Everything was backed up at the post office. Uh, that, that was the only time anyone was ever rude. Um, but aside from that, it's been like, yo, the the customers that have come to Korma are like the most genuinely down to earth, loving people. Like all the interactions I've had with them are like, these are the people I want to buy my stuff because I like got so much love for these people because these people have love for me and what I do, even if they don't know that. You know, I'm the person behind the brand. Um, just I can tell by the way they reach out, by the way they interact on social media, the messages, you know, that I, I've received in, in the Korma Cafe Instagram DM and people people thanking me for making such an amazing product. And, um, you know, just the the overwhelming like outpouring of love that I've got from the Korma clientele is another thing that I didn't really expect. I didn't expect people to just reach out and be like, yo, thank you for making this. This is amazing. This is what I've been looking for. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm just like, that this, is that's awesome. such a rad thing to get to experience and be able to, because you know, you know how much you have to love and appreciate something to reach out and tell a stranger that you love and appreciate what they made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a small thing, but it's, but you're passionate enough to to you know do a review or send an email yeah. you know out of your busy day and I I know how much that means and yeah. I, I think it's incredible so it begs the question with everything that we've just talked about what's next so when you when you think about we're moving into a new year 2022 is upon us what are you looking forward to uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the growth that we're about to have with Riot Comedy because we have such really cool projects in the works right now and just kind of the brainstorming behind the scenes that we've been doing. Um, but I'm also excited to, to see the growth from Korma. Like th those are my two things right now. And, I, and you know, I, I, got, I got some really cool things going on with Korma too. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything because, okay, I'll, important lesson for people listening to the podcast, write your goals down. Don't tell people what your goals are. It's a scientific fact that if you write your goals down, you're more likely to achieve them. It's also yes. a scientific fact. If you tell people about your goals, you're less likely to achieve them. Ooh. I stick by that rule. And that's a fact. You can sit here and say, I can talk about my goals. It's not going to affect me. We're not above it. We're all human beings. It, it diminishes your chances little by little the more you talk about it. So just write them, kick back, and work on it. Would them. you now... Is there a caveat to that where you would like, would you tell your brothers? Do you have like a secret circle where you would tell them? <laughs> you know, where it's like, um, I'm not going to tell the world, but I'll tell like these two people or something. Uh, I don't it, it, it depends what the goal is. If, if it's something small, feasible, more easily reachable, the more likely I am to tell. If it's something, the grand, the more grand it is, the less likely I am to talk about it until it's more set in motion. I got it. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. Right. Right. Write your goals down. Them. Write your goals down. Don't talk about them. It's it's. They're more likely to come true. They're more likely to come to fruition. And that's not me on some. It. Yeah, that's not me on some whimsical stuff. That's me telling things that I know to be true because people that are smarter than me did the research to <laughs> to prove Boom. it and, and bring but, and, but and bring it to me. But this does bring me to just a couple questions that I have to learn more about you. And I'm going to change things up a little bit because, you know, we're heading into a new year. One of the things that I like to do when I think about 
moving forward to gain momentum and to have focus is thinking about a word, mm -hmm. a word for the year mm -hmm. that kind of sent that brings you back to maybe, maybe it's goal oriented. Maybe it's more mm -hmm. just a mindset, you know, but if you had to choose a word for yourself, as you're looking ahead to a new year, what word would that be? I think probably I'm looking at my board right now, trying to cheat. <laughs> it, now now I'm like, okay, now now it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to choose between a couple. Um, I, I I would say I'd say purpose. I'd say purpose. So so one one thing I try to tell myself every day is like like my mantra is like walk with power, move with purpose. That's that's, that's, that's like really that's like my, my go-to saying that I tell myself more than anything else. T-shirt. Can I buy it? Is that on your website? Oh, maybe I should maybe I should trademark that and make that the Korma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can make different yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. That's, that's a my great thing. One. That's my thing. And like even like every time I leave my house, like it's 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 become a habit to tell myself walk with power, move with purpose. Because when you tell yourself walk with power, you stand up straight, you walk confidently, mm -hmm. you walk like you own the room. People respond yeah. to that, whether it's confidence. real or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So e even if you're not a confident person, tell yourself that you'll walk more confidently. Changes. People will notice Changes it. Changes the way you carry it. yourself. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, pur purpose is is the word. So move with purpose. So every everything I try to do is like, I try to make sure there's a reason behind it, right? There's... Oh, that is good. That is That is solid. Solid, solid. Okay, what's something that you're working on improving? What do you want to see yourself do better in the new year? Um, something I want to do better in the new year. I, I, I think discipline. I think that's kind of maybe a generic answer, especially for me, because that's something I'm like always working on. But it's like, you know, just like any other human, I, I try to be disciplined and it's it's up and down and there's days where I fail and days where I succeed. And, you know, we have moments of failure, but it's like the the more disciplined you can be, the more consistent you can be. That's like the key to everything, whether mm -hmm. you need to be more consistent with getting to bed early, um, getting to bed or getting up earlier, you know, doing the, the little things or whatever it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm always, yeah, discipline. That's for me, it's like, because that, that determines your, what you do, how, how disciplined you are. It determines what you do. And then, you know, the saying like your habits become your actions and that that's it. So you got to stay yeah. disciplined to otherwise you, you'll, you'll lose focus. And, you know, I, I go through this too. You, you get burnt out on certain things and this and that, and then your discipline starts to slip and, then the next thing you know, like, I don't feel like going to the gym today. And then tomorrow rolls around and I don't feel like going to the gym today either. And then like, if that third day hits and you don't go to the gym, then you're like, oh, damn. Then it's really easy to fall in that pitfall of not going to the gym for weeks. Right. So yeah. like the discipline, yeah, help you help you stay consistent. And that's something I'm always working on because it's so hard. Like, it's so hard. And, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 gets, it gets easier. It gets but, easier, but it's, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's it's hard to stay consistent with the discipline. It's hard. It's like you said, it's easy to fall off. So discipline for me is, I, I got to keep that at the forefront of my mind. 
I don't, yeah, even want to no, I, don't, I don't even want to think deep to try to come up with something like whimsical and deep as yeah. discipline. No, like I, I gotta, it. I gotta keep it. I gotta keep that forefront. Yep. It's honest. I, it's honest. What about a self-limiting belief? You know, I talk about that often. Um, we're all, we're all working. We're all working on becoming yeah. better. What, what's something that you've accomplished? Like what's a limiting belief that you had and you've, you've worked very hard to overcome that about yourself? <sighs> Arrogance. Boy. For me, I, I used to think I can do anything and I can do it alone. And boy, as soon as you realize that's the very most wrong way to think, the better. The sooner you realize that, the better. Like we all need we all need help. We all need assistance. We all well, need Well, I would imagine that better. riot comedy is better because you're doing it with your brothers and you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and even in anything else, too, like, you know, I, I used to have this arrogance, like, well, if even if I don't, I'll figure it out. And it's like, OK, well, you might figure it out, but you're going to figure it out way faster if you just have the humility to go ask somebody that already knows the answer. Mm-hmm. So that, that was that was my big thing. That, that was my self-limiting belief was my own thinking I could do everything. So it was never like. I can't do this or that. It's like, I can do everything, but it's like, you're only one man. You can only do yeah. so much. So you need to kind of check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. Be humble. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, what's one thing you want to see changed in the world? You know, I, yeah, I, I don't like where America's health is mentally or physically. Um, it, it, honestly, like, could could almost drive me to the brink of insanity because everyone, like, I don't like our mental health state because everyone is hypersensitive. Everyone gets offended at everything. Um, I, I don't, I don't like how self-conscious people are. I don't like how so many young people walk around with their head down, chest caved in and, and their hands up in their sleeves like this. It's just like, we, we got to figure out a way to, as a society, to elevate everybody's thinking about their own self like everyone has such a low self-image like no, no one has the confidence to like i talk about people like walking hunched over with their hands in their sleeves that's like its own thing but then there's everyone getting offended at things so so between like two it's like people aren't mentally they don't have the mental stability to deal with reality and it's like how how do, how do we fix this? How do we help? Um, like, what do we do as a society to collectively bring everyone up together? How do how do we do that to to change our thinking about ourselves? And you know, people always told me like, I can remember being a kid, and you know, I, I luckily I never had to go through that kind of well, not not I'm not saying never, but not to a grand degree that some people just don't have the confidence. Like I was always a pretty confident kid, mm-hmm. and. I always thought I was like the coolest, even though I didn't have a ton of friends. I didn't, I wasn't like the coolest kid in school, but I thought I was the coolest because I was, because the things I love myself. That's why it wasn't like, I thought I was cool because I had the most friends. I didn't get invited to the most parties. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, I think I'm a cooler person than this person, even if they have more friends and more popular, like whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, people would be like, <laughs> you're, you're so conceited or whatever. And it's like, I mean, I don't think I just love myself. Everyone should be. Everyone should think the way I think when it comes to this. Everyone should love themselves this much. Everyone should think like if I think 
I'm a cooler human being than you because I love who I am. You should think you're a cooler human being than me, regardless of what I think. Like, who cares what I think? I, I remember I was in like eighth grade one time and someone asked me, as I might have been seventh grade, I was in junior high, but this girl in my class asked me, she said, <laughs> she said, do you think I'm cool? And I was like, I don't know. I said, why, why does it matter what I think? I'm just another kid is cool. I'm like, I, I, and then I told her, I said, I said, everybody is exactly as cool as they think they are. If you think you're the coolest person in the world, then you're the coolest person in the world. If you think you're the lamest person in the world, then you're the lamest person in the world because only you can determine how cool you really are. Like, yeah. and so who cares what anyone thinks? Yeah, we, we are what we believe. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I know people that like, don't have hardly anything going on, but they just walk around like they're the shit. And I think that's a great thing. And then I know for them. Have, I mean, that, have, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for them. Relative, right? Yeah. It's all it's and, all relative. And, and then I know it's people true. who have the world in their palm who have low self-esteem, self-conscious, no confidence. And it's like there, there are people like willing to do anything to have what you have, but the things we have don't make us that. It's like it's it's all up here. So there's just people who that's have right. that. And and sometimes it's a lot of times it's from childhood trauma or this or that or whatever it may be, but right. there's a lot yeah, that it comes with that territory. Yeah, our, our mental yeah. health, I'm, we got to figure out how to raise it up, and our physical health too, where we're falling behind the rest of the world, and I don't, I don't like it. I, you know, I think collectively, you know, as a society, we gotta, we gotta stop eating the things that we do. We gotta start moving more. Um, we, we gotta, we gotta start actually reading what we're eating. I mm -hmm. go to the grocery store. I don't eat anything down the aisles. I'm like, they say you're supposed to go around the outside of the grocery store. That's where I go. I hit the produce section. I hit the deli and get fish, chicken, beef. And that's it. That's all I, and every now and again, I'll get bread to, mm -hmm. if I eat a burger, that's pretty much it. I don't even eat bread with my eggs anymore, but you know, they, they, it's, they, they feed us all these terrible things. And it's mm -hmm. like, if, if you really care about your body, about yourself, about humanity. I, I think we have a responsibility to humanity. And again, I'm also, I'm one of those people who like, I don't think no one owes you anything. You don't owe anyone else anything, except you owe it to humanity to take care of yourself. You owe it to the gene pool. You owe it to all your ancestors who survived wars, famines, plagues, death, destruction, and you owe it to the future generations too to take care of yourself because they're gonna inherit your genes. And if you're sitting down here damaging them, making them weak, and like the, the, the things we eat, like vegetable oil, for, exist, for example, vegetable oil, canola oil, literally change your DNA and RNA. That's a proven fact. It's yes. terrible for you. It's, it's not a food product. Vegetable oil is not even made from vegetable oils from vegetables. Canola oil is not a vegetable oil. I'm pretty sure canola is made from cotton seeds or maybe rapeseed. And then vegetable oil is literally like, that one might be made from cotton seeds, but don't quote me. But either way, it's made from something we don't eat. And it's literally a toxic, wasteful sludge that they take the byproduct of, add colorizer to it, heat it up, get it really nasty and thin, add acid to it to dissolve anything that's crystallized in there, and then sell it to you and tell you it's safe to cook your food in it. That sounds terrible. If you people, <laughs> if, if you if you saw how vegetable oil was made, you would never eat it again. It's, it's that bad. It's foul. It, it looks like something that you you would use to, to lubricate industrial machinery for making cars and trucks and things like 
and not, not even in the car, just just the machinery in the factory. That's what it looks like. It looks like something that needs to be used to lubricate factory equipment. And, and they feed it to us and we're just like gobbled up. And it's literally like one of the very most poisonous things in the store. So we got to oh figure out as a society how to how to get away from this, how to hold ourselves accountable. Like, yeah, it's like the food industry is terrible and we can sit here and vilify them all we want to but they're not making you go to the store and buy their products. Yeah, we have the power of choice, right? We have yeah. the power to make decisions to take care of ourselves and mm -hmm. um, you know, increase our our capacity to be able to do things yeah. in the world just by the decisions we make with our own well-being. Yeah. So that's that's critical. Okay, what about advice? What advice have you been given? One of the best things that you continue to live by today that you would want to share. Okay, can I give you two? I'll make them quick. Yes. All right. Yes. So, so, so the, the very first and, and both of these I got when I was in college and these like were major influences on the rest of the decisions I made. So the first one was think backwards. So think about your destination. Like don't, don't, don't try to go with the flow. Think, think about where your destination is and then think backwards from there, how you're going to get there. So if we, we wanted to have a deal with Comedy Central, like that was our goal with that show. We wanted to have a show on Comedy Central. So that's the goal. We had to figure out how to get there. It's like, okay, if we want the show there, we got to work with them in some capacity. If we're going to work with them in some capacity, we got to figure out, like, we have to know people there. We have to have a good relationship with the people that make that happen. To make that happen, we got to let them know that we exist. <laughs> to let them know we exist, we got to have something to show them. To have something to show them, we got to start learning how to animate and this and that. And it's got to be funny and, you know. Um, mm -hmm. so think backwards, think about, and then that'll help you find clarity on how to get there. And then the second best piece of advice I've gotten, overwhelm yourself. You will be fine and you'll be glad you did it. It'll be a great experience. Over, overwhelm yourself. Like it's, and, and especially if you're, if you're doing it and really trying, like all the, all the effort that you put out, the universe returns it always. Like I, I notice whenever with Korma, for example, if I'm, you know, kind of slumping in a certain aspect of it, or my sales aren't super high, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to really attack retail this week. I'm going to reach out to stores and this and that. When I have those moments where I'm like, I'm going to attack this retail sector, mm -hmm. my direct-to-consumer sales go up too. Just because, and it won't be like, go crazy, but it'll, it'll it'll move up. It'll, it'll yeah. spike whenever I'm putting out that energy, even into a different thing, because I'm still putting that energy into this business. So that energy comes around twofold because when you're, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the alchemist, but that is one of my favorite books, Trenton. Amazing book. So, you know, the saying, when you want something, the entire universe helps you aspire. Fires the entire universe conspires to help you achieve it. Right. Paulo yes. Coelho, people, yes. in case you didn't Amazing know. Amazing book. So, yes, when you want something, the entire universe conspires to help you achieve it. But you have to be putting out that energy, too. That's right. So as long as you're putting out the energy, the universe is also going to give you energy, too, because the universe responds to that. So, you know, that's... Boom. Overwhelm yourself as long as you're putting the energy and you're going to be fine. And it's also, you know, you just have... You, you ever notice how things just happen to work out? Like, even when you're all stressed out and they think they just do. So just, if you're overwhelmed you know, a little bit with whatever you're taking on, you're going to come out of it. You're human because we're the most adaptable things that we know of in the universe as of right mm -hmm. now. So give yourself more credit. We're literally like walking gods and people don't even realize it. Like the things we're capable of. 
Yeah, we do. We have the capacity to do so much. And we, we are our own, I always say that, you know, mm-hmm. we're our own limit. We are the, yeah, we are the limits that we place on ourselves. And, and you, you've been such a shining example of limitlessness, you know, um, just in everything that you do, the energy that you bring, the thoughtfulness and the, and the funniness that you bring. So, you know, riot comedy, Make sure to be following that on the different platforms. You won't be disappointed. Cormacafe.com. Check out Trenton's Coffee. I think it's it's definitely uh, changing the way that we think about our health and is it one step in a long journey that we have to, like you said, yeah. changing our health. Um, and I just thank you. Thank you for your time, and I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thanks. Happy almost new year 2022 oh my goodness this year has flown by with a flash i am blessed to have had the opportunity to learn about the journey of trenton hudson and the biggest thing that i took away is just getting started so i'm gonna ask you what is that thing that you have put off and held off on for whatever reasons that you have done that for, that you are going to change in 2022. Make this your year to get started. It is not going to be perfect. Trenton is the perfect test study for that. The perfect case. When he got to Comedy Central, it wasn't perfect. He got all kinds of feedback on the episodes that he produced and he continued to get that feedback and then he's gotten better and better and better with his company with riot comedy and because of that so much more is to come with korma coffee same thing he's had to improve a healthy alternative there was something that wasn't out there and he had poor packaging when he first started out and now he has beautiful packaging, but he just needed to get it out there so people could discover his product. And now he's doing great. So just know, have that courage, have that determination, have that grit, have the leverage of the talent around you to get going and stop making excuses. All right, with that, remember that you are your only limit. So take action. Take it today. I'm so excited, so excited for the year that we have ahead and the guests that we have ahead. It's going to be an amazing year for Born Unbreakable. Me bringing to you content that is going to help you grow and remember to be unapologetically you. It is my mission. It is my purpose. If you haven't subscribed, do me the favor of sharing this podcast. Share it, share it, share it, share this episode. Share your favorite episodes. Rate and review the show. The only way that this show and my platform is going to grow is with your help of my amazing listeners that have supported me from when I did Blissful Fortitude and the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast with Gina Marie to where I am today. And there's more in store. And I just appreciate you so much. Happy New Year, everyone. As you head into this year, think about what you're grateful for and have a grateful heart as you move ahead. See you next time for another episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast, which will be in 2022.